1: at LuckyLandSlots.com,
0: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Hi,
2: everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga, Birth, Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi guys, I am so excited to have Caprice Abowit here. I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about her, but first, full disclosure, getting over cold, so if I sound a little Kathleen Turner-esque, just forgive and I appreciate that. All right, so Caprice, she has been with the Prenatal Yoga Center, I think five years maybe? Um, But my biggest excitement about Caprice is for the last, I guess two years, She's been one of our teacher trainers, so she and I have really gotten close, and I'm just so happy to have her on. But let me, get, let me read a little bit about her so you can understand who she is. So she teaches the prenatal, the mommy, me, and as I mentioned, she's a teacher trainer. She was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and moved to Seattle, Washington, where she attended the Cornish College of Arts for Dance after sustaining a disc injury in 2006 Caprice was pointed towards the Seattle yoga community and forever changed. She received her 200-hour certification with Catherine Munro at Yoga Works in Seattle in 2008 and holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Dance from Cornish. She's a proud graduate of the Prenatal Yoga Center teacher training program. Yay! And she continued to study with myself and with Nikita, our other teacher training at the time. And studying prenatal yoga has given her the utmost respect for women's bodies and is thrilled to be part of the power, strength, and voice found in motherhood. Caprice is also a DONA certified birth doula and honored to support women through birth. And just recently, about two years ago, she joined our faculty as a teacher trainer for prenatal yoga center. So it was with, it is a great pleasure and excitement to have a chance to sit and chat with my friend Caprice. Hi Caprice.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
1: Hi, Deb. I'm so happy to be here. Oh,
2: I'm thrilled to have you. So, is there anything I left out on your bio that you want to share?
1: I don't think so. I think you fully covered
2: it. (laughs) I think that's all. So, would you talk a little bit... I know that you were a dancer for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Will you talk a little bit about your path into yoga from dance?
1: Sure. So, I think... um, When I was kind of coming up in the the dance world um, was when yoga was starting to become pretty popular with dancers as sort of a cross-training method. Mm -hmm. So it was starting to get slowly integrated into a lot of my my classes and my coursework. Um, And then in college, when I was 19, I ruptured a disc in my spine. So I ruptured T11, T12, which is a really strange disc to rupture. Um, It's a really awkward place place in the spine um, and I, I couldn't dance and they weren't sure I was going to keep dancing um, or that I was going to have a dance career after that uh, and I was in the middle of my my bachelor's program uh, and that was really really scary that was extremely overwhelming it was really overwhelming and especially because at 19 my entire identity was wrapped up in being a dancer mm-hmm. it was what I was good at it was really the only thing I had done for my whole life Um, and so I was pointed toward um, a really wonderful teacher in Seattle Ellen Boyle uh, who was offering classes through Cornish College of the Arts Um, and I I couldn't do much, I couldn't sit for more than 10 minutes at a time, but we did a lot of studying of the Yoga Sutras um, which is sort of the definitive text of, or one of the definitive texts of yoga and addressing the ego and the identity and kind of unwrapping what I was feeling um about about this whole process was um was completely transformative for me and it really allowed me to get through that time in my life where it felt very unsure of where I might be headed um if I wasn't going to be dancing what was I going to do I didn't have I didn't feel like I had any other skills um and so unwrapping that idea that all I was was a dancer was was really really helpful um and so even though i did make a full recovery and i did go on to complete my bachelor's program and have a a dance career i was so changed from from the study of yoga philosophy that i i knew i had to stick with it as a practice for myself um and then (laughs) i felt like i i needed to be able to share it with others so um i headed towards certification
2: I love that. I know a lot of dancers that do gravitate towards yoga. I know it was a transitional point for me. Mm. I remember thinking, I really should go take a ballet class, but I'd really rather go to a yoga (laughs) class. Yeah. And it was about 50-50. I'm like, all right, go to that dance class. And then over time, instead of like, oh, okay, ballet, then yoga, it was just like, I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to do more yoga. But I I understand the whole identity because I think a lot of our listeners can identify whether they had a performing arts career or even becoming a mom right all of a sudden people literally will introduce
1: you, like hey mom and you're like wait i'm a person right i'm a human i'm a human not just a mom that touchstone of so hum or i am became kind of the defining um mantra for me i don't have to have a definition i don't have to have a label i am human i am i'm present i'm here and that's all i need to be that's really healthy because i do know that's a it's a tricky place uh,
2: one's personal identity Mm. so what drew you to prenatal yoga
1: so my sister uh my older sister had her eldest son um six years ago a little more than six years ago um and she had a very traumatic birth experience and i I remember so my sister was living in Phoenix at the time, and I was living in Seattle <coughs> and she she had she ran the whole gamut um, she had an epidural that numbed her out completely she had zero feeling whatsoever um, she had no feeling when she pushed and therefore. There was a forceps intervention, there was a vacuum intervention, an episiotomy. Were you there for her birth? I was not. I was, I was in Seattle when this was happening, um, and, and she had a stage four tear. Oh, wow. And I remember I flew down as soon as um, my nephew was born, my eldest nephew, and I was laying in the bed with her maybe four days after her birth. And it was just me and her and the baby. And she started crying and she turned to me and she said, no one told me how hard this was going to be. And I, I started to cry and I was like, I would have told you if I had known. Like, I, I wish I, I could have helped. And I just, I, I watched her, um, you know, have a harder recovery in her body. And I think more than anything, she felt so disempowered mm-hmm. by her first birth experience. And I I just wished I had the tools to give her um, in her pregnancy, in her birth, in her postpartum period, um to to make that easier and and to, you know, regardless of what kinds of interventions she may or may not have had, to make her feel like she she had worth and power and that someone was listening to her. Um, and you know, she's got great support and her husband is amazing. I love my brother-in-law. Um, but I, I just so wanted to have those tools for her. And so I started researching prenatal programs and it was when I was living in Seattle. Um, which is so ironic to me because I I actually (laughs) went to do my prenatal (laughs) training. You know, it just I I wasn't finding a program that I felt comfortable with there, and that I felt like really explored, um, that felt very well rounded to me. Um, I I didn't want just the basic information. I really wanted to delve into it, um, and I I found prenatal yoga center in New York, and kind of right around the same time, a a friend of mine from middle school called and said, hey, my aunt has this apartment on the Upper West Side, and she's got an extra room. I'm moving there in the fall. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so I knew first thing I was going to do when I moved to New York, I wanted to come study at the prenatal yoga center, and I wanted to come study with you. Oh, I love that.
2: I'm so incredibly flattered.
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: But moving beyond that, what you said about your sister, Mm. I think a lot of people can relate Mm -hmm. because I'm sure she did take, you know, a childbirth ed class and she educated herself. But then there is that there can be that moment of things spiral out of control. You don't know how to get the support. Mm -hmm. You don't know who can give you that support, Mm -hmm. and it can leave you feeling just emotionally and physically traumatized and then to have to pick the pieces up and move forward to understanding how to care for a baby. Mm -hmm. So
1: it's, I think a lot of women will hear this and, and relate. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's something you touch on often, but I think so often she had to hear, Oh, well, your son is so healthy. He's beautiful, you know, but it, it, it exactly. it Exactly. It's not, you, you can feel joy at having your child and disappointment at your birth experience. And they're not, you don't have to feel one thing all the time. We're human. We have more than one emotion. Yeah, that's something that really strikes me is because
2: I do hear the students come in. And I know you do too. Mm-hmm. Where, because you do the mommy, I mean, I do the postnatal and they'll say things like, it was a really awful birth or a really hard birth, but... My baby's healthy, mm-hmm. and of course, that's a given. But we don't want to invalidate and kind of push the mom's feelings. Mm-hmm. And I see them, and you do too, they, you see them grappling with how do I process right. this really traumatic, or and I maybe mean, traumatic, just overwhelming, right. or it went in a different way than mm-hmm. they had assumed, or maybe they felt shamed or pushed or whatever. How can they process that if all they're told is the baby's the final outcome, right? So because it doesn't we know, really matter because we know mm-hmm. that's not
1: the case, exactly.
2: So exactly. I'm sorry
1: that your sister went through it. She, you know, were for her second baby, she she sort of changed the whole game up, and she went on to have a, a gorgeous, you know, home birth at, at um, in in a tub, and um, more importantly, in a space with people who really respected um, her decisions and trusted her body. And I think that was kind of the big thing for her. Um, so, yeah, she's two gorgeous sons who I'm crazy about um, and who very, very much were, her, her eldest son was really my push into prenatal yoga. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to meet them at your wedding.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so getting a little back to your experience with prenatal. So
1: is there anything that has come to you as a surprise the more you've taught I did not think I was going to get sucked in as much as I have. Yeah, I did not down think, the rabbit hole. You're drinking, down the rabbit, and you're like, drinking the Kool Aid. F- I fully drank the Kool Aid, um, and I it, it sort of changed the whole trajectory of my career. Um, I I think I felt very passionate about teaching yoga, but prenatal yoga was a whole other dimension. Does your sister
2: know that she was? The precipice for you jumping into this
1: I hope she does we had a, a conversation not long ago where she was talking about some regrets um, about her first birth um, and this is you know after having her her second son and and a really great birth experience following her first um, and I said yeah but you know <laughs> do you realize that? you know path. it you fully you shifted the entire direction of my life um, in in the most powerful way, in a way that I can now, um, I'm in a seat where I can help and encourage women um, and people to have the the best birth experience, or the best prenatal experience, or the best postpartum experience that they possibly can. So I like to, I, I hope that she knows that she's had this kind of trickle down effect with, you know, hundreds of women in New York um, who I hope are empowered to to birth the way that they want to birth and to birth on their own terms. In well, a that's what it comes down expected. to. It's not
2: about what we as teachers want. Mm-hmm. Because as we as teachers, instead of saying this is how you should birth, which I don't believe in, we're saying here's information for you to decide how to birth. Mm-hmm. Do you know if your sister, and tell me if you want to stop talking about her, but do you know, did she ever find a way to process the
1: first birth? Yeah. You know, that's or, a or really how a good did question. She prepare differently for the second I think she knew. This is really interesting. I haven't really talked to her much about this um in a while. Her second son is uh a little more than 3. Um and so it's been a while since that that birth. And I did have, I called her this morning and I was like, "Do I have permission to talk about your birth story on a podcast later tonight?" <laughs> um but I I think it was in both preparing her body. And I think the thing she would tell you about her first birth is that she she let her pregnancy and her birth be run by fear um, mm-hmm. and be driven by fear. Um, Again, I think a lot of women can relate to that. Mm-hmm. It, and I, I think it's so hard with your first birth, too, and your first pregnancy um, to know, because there's a lot of kind of scary information out there. Right. Um, and And to sort of parse that apart and, and find just what works for you, I think is really challenging. And, um, she did have access to prenatal yoga, but I don't think it was quite like what we teach here. And she did take childbirth ed, but, um, but I think she was sort of overwhelmed by how new it was. And, and so she let fear kind of take over. And in her second birth, she had really found her voice in motherhood. Um, she found, she's, God, she's such a beautiful mom, too. Um, she truly, truly let go. You know, she, I, I wouldn't, I love my sister. I would maybe call her slightly tightly wound <laughs> before before the birth of her first son. and And in becoming a mom, you just saw her, like, come into herself. She just became more fully... Herself, more genuine, more authentic. You could just see her kind of living in her power mm-hmm. once she became a mom. And I think then, as she prepared for her second birth, that fear kind of dissipated, um, and and she just let herself be in it rather than overwhelmed by that fear. Um, not to say that it's not there, kind of as a, a little undercurrent, but mm-hmm. she really, it was kind of amazing to watch her rise above that. Um, Yeah, I love that I do know I can
2: see that with a lot of women I do see it even with myself a little bit there's the best way I could describe and I was thinking about this earlier there's a surrender to you just don't care (laughs) and I mean I mean that in the nicest best way like I someone was talking to me about you know things about my 20s and early 30s and I'm like I just don't care as much like I don't really care about what people think of me I still do it to some extent but not nearly what I did, I could care a little more about my parents stuff. <laughs> but you no, know, there is a certain level of surrender mm-hmm. and ownership of what's important at the moment, right. and especially when you have young kids, there's only so
1: much effort you can put elsewhere, and I'm glad, it right. sounds like your sister really found that that ownership. Yeah, she just, she so became her most authentic self in motherhood. Um, and not to say that she's not this incredible human outside of being a mother, um, but that was like how she found her voice, and it was, God, it was just so beautiful to watch.
2: Oh, well, I look forward to meeting her as well yeah.
1: at your upcoming wedding.
2: <laughs> so, getting back a little more towards you, how do you think? And I know, I'm sure you didn't expect to become a doula, but how has your
1: your involvement in the prenatal world continued
2: to evolve?
1: Well, yeah, I absolutely did not expect to become a doula. I don't even know that I expected when I was um taking the training to do more than, you know, teach a prenatal class every once in a while. Um I mean, I was looking for tools and I was looking for um for information, but I don't you know, I didn't think I was going to go so deep into it. And then you start teaching and it's just a different time in people's lives, mm-hmm. and it's it's slightly more intimate, I think, in, in certain ways than in teaching a regular vinyasa class, um, because it is such a special time in people's lives. People often feel very attached,
2: mm-hmm. as do I, to mm-hmm. them, and it's completely different from my experience of it than an open level class. Because when you see everything, you see them blossom. Mm -hmm. You see many of them go through fears. You see many of them struggle Mm -hmm. and face challenges. You know, what way maybe the baby's positioned or whatever the case may be. I think you see more raw person in front of you. And that's willing to talk about really raw things. Right, it's so true. That you don't necessarily see like the teacher student relationship that we've purposely created is very conversational. Absolutely. We don't in any way put the pretense that we are in any way above. Right. And so I think by getting so personal, it allows us deeper into their lives as they come into ours as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's certainly a different relationship that we have with the students.
1: And and in that, I think I found that um, I, I wanted more ways to serve them yes. and, and to keep moving forward. Um, and after a few years of students coming up to me after class and going, Are you a doula? Would you, like, Oh, I, I really wish you could be at my birth. Um, I decided to kind of take that jump. And a, a very close friend of mine had said when I was sort of talking about it, Said, oh, you know, I think I might be, I, I think I'm gonna do my doula certification sometime next year, and I knew at that point that she was trying to get pregnant, <laughs> um, and she said, okay, well, you'll you'll definitely be my doula, and I was like, okay, and then the day that she came in, and I remember her, I I walked in, um, to to yoga studio downtown, and I I said did she take a pregnancy test today? And she just nodded. And there were a lot of other people around. And I said, was it positive? And she nodded. And I was like, all right, got to go sign up for this doula certification. Got to get this done. Um, and she. it ended up that hers was not the first birth that I attended. Um, was she it, one of your three for
2: certification? No,
1: actually. Oh. oh, I guess maybe she She wasn't my third birth. But I, I think, yes, that I used her for, for a certification birth, now that I think about it. Because you don't always get them done in your first three births. Well, you know, I'm a little OCD, I did. Well, I, was, I think my very <coughs> first client was nine and a half centimeters when she called me. Oh, well, that's, she yeah. didn't quite didn't know quite she was in labor, that, right? You didn't so, quite fit
2: that time period. Yeah, in didn't
1: it. quite get at the the active labor for, for certification. But you certainly look, I think, for other avenues mm-hmm. to help serve your students and to, to deepen those connections and um, and Becoming a doula has so informed the way that I teach. Yes, um, and then you know I got sucked further down the rabbit hole and decided I should start going for my Lamaze certification. Yay. So working towards childbirth education now um, because I think it all it all works together and it all serves the students in in the best possible way.
2: It really does. I I mean I became a doula so long ago. Not that I'm attending births right now, but. I do think there is a difference between the way I approached teaching the woman. I guess the Mm -hmm. words that came to my mind was like, I'm on the forefront and I'm going to bring the information back from the front line to tell you what I see. You're in the trenches. You're in the trenches. And then the excitement of coming back after birth and talking to your students who are often thirsty Mm -hmm. for the information and also excited because they may be birthing at that hospital. Right. So it really does add, I think, another layer of relationship and mm-hmm. relating to the students mm-hmm. that they just create, Right, absolutely. I can't believe you've gone so far with that. I, know. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I have either. <laughs> so now that you have finished your training many years ago and you've joined our training uh-huh. faculty, which is such a joy to me, how has your own teaching been changed
1: Ah, I think, I would like to think that I'm more clear, <laughs> that there's more clarity in my teaching. Um, because I, you know, when you have to, when you have to break down exactly what you're doing for other people. Is it edit? Yeah, you really have to edit. Um, so that no part, no part of class should be wasted um, or... Or should be, you know, kind of a throwaway. Everything should have a purpose to it. Um, but even smaller than that, just it, when teacher trainees ask me a question about, you know, but but how would you, you know, we, we go over adjustments, we go over we go over everything in their training. It's eighty five hours. I mean, it's a it's a hefty <laughs> it's, a lot. it's a hefty training. Um, you know, I really have to kind of think about the nth degree of everything that I'm doing. Um, and I love that. I think it's it's brought more clarity to my teaching. It's brought more clarity to my voice as a teacher um, and hopefully my language as a teacher. Your presence and the way you take
2: the seat of a teacher has definitely matured mm. and you really now own it. Because I remember oh. your I remember your training. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I remember, I think the words I used with Nikita was like cartoon character. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in a great way, having done theater and, and kids' theater, I was like, I recognize something in her. But there's something, you obviously just love that wonderful animation and connection, but there's a certain maturity mm-hmm. and groundedness that you bring oh, that you. I've seen really evolve. You're very welcome.
1: At LuckyLandSlots.com,
0: available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: There's a I, yeah. I would like to think that there's more of a depth to my my teaching now, and you know, and I think a lot of that just comes with experience. But yes. there's also something that's such a gift about now getting to teach new teachers, Mm -hmm. um, and to train new teachers and to be able to break all of that information down into its smallest kind of particles, um, that helps kind of build back up
2: in my teaching. I find, and you may find this too, that when the teacher trainers are in class watching, it definitely makes me on my A game a Mm -hmm. little more. Um, you know, I have to think specifically what's a theme I'm going to bring in Oh, did I just do that last week? the students, I think, are very open to, like, Oh, sure, let's talk pain management again. Because for them, that's kind of the be-all, end-all. Like, you know, right. I could beat that one into the ground and they would still love it. Right. But I find that when the teacher trainees are there, I'm like, All right, let's 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 push myself a little deeper. Yeah, let's and go so a little further. And so they help me become a better teacher because they're there watching. Right. And I feel it's my responsibility
1: so, I'm guessing that's might that might have been happening with you. oh, absolutely. Point. oh, yeah, when those eyes are on me, <laughs> I, yeah, the theme ca- tends to be the thing where that I'm like really hitting at home, and I try and pick a theme that I can thread through the whole class okay. and bring it up as many times as possible to like really drive it home for them. so I know that you also
2: teach kids' I yoga. Do. do you want to talk a little bit about your kids' yoga teaching?
1: Sure. So I've been teaching, um, kids yoga for actually much longer than I've been teaching, not much longer, but significantly longer than I've been teaching prenatal. Um, because I came to yoga from a dance background and had been teaching kids dance for, for years beforehand. Um, so I teach a wide range of ages. I teach preschoolers. I teach... Mommy and me. Mommy and me. Oh, I teach the the real little babies. Um, I teach tweens. Um, occasionally I have teens. Um, and then I, I now train new kids' teachers. So I run some kids' yoga teacher trainings as well. Um, and essentially, for me, it's it's helping kids foster a respect for their bodies um and hopefully a love of movement and then introducing the seeds of mindfulness in a way that is age appropriate. Um, because I think a lot of times we don't look at sort of the what kids are ready for developmentally um, and instead, you know, we try and organize classes that are more adult like in some ways or way too, you know, you know, just games or something that feels too like play. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, a middle ground, um, that feels age appropriate is sort of where I tend to head with kids yoga. I've basically spent my entire day today teaching kids yoga before I got here. So, um, I've had they, my tweens today wrote poems about their favorite poses, and it was so lovely. That is sweet. I do like what you said about the mindfulness mm-hmm. because I think we can start that very young with oh, kids. Absolutely, teaching breath work, teaching you know, we do a shavasana in preschool yoga. Even with my threes, they do a little shavasana, and we make it kid friendly. So sometimes I, I bring a rubber ducky under their tummy and. They have to take a few deep breaths with the rubber ducky. Or sometimes I ask um, someone who is very still with their eyes closed to help me ring a chime at the end of class. So you, you introduce the seeds, and then as they get older, you can, you can stretch those out and you can kind of see how they blossom. You know, I have an 11-year-old who, every time I mention, okay, now we're, we'll head into meditation, she does a little fist pump and she goes, yes! that's wonderful she's 11 I love that she's so excited to meditate she's so excited to do breath work at the end of class you know it my really... son's school does yoga with oh, them does... oh yeah and, of course
2: I mean it's a Montessori school so they have the little chime and they put their mats out and they have to roll their mats mm-hmm. back after mm-hmm. and he loves his yoga and let's face it, Shay's not one that sits still,
1: but right. he does <laughs> in his yoga class. That's really interesting, yeah. And it
2: was interesting, I've watched through the window of him doing shavasana, and he can do it. Yeah. And he comes home and he shows me what he's doing, and he shows me his warrior one, his warrior three, Ooh. and his tree pose, and he really enjoys it. And I, of course, have a great love for that, because I want to watch him enjoy yeah. using his body and respecting his right. body.
1: So I love that you teach kids yoga because I hope all schools can start to integrate. I do too. There's some, some great organizations that really integrate it. And I'm very lucky to teach privately for preschools. Um, so I really get them at the very beginning and help to plant those seeds. And and a joy and a love for mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm, That I hope continues. I am
2: so glad we had a chance to chat. Is there anything else you want to share that I didn't touch upon? I don't think so. I think we kind of covered covered the whole journey. Yay. So, for those that are in the New York City area and you want to study with Ms. Caprice, <laughs> she teaches at the Prenatal Yoga Center. She'll be taking over my Tuesday nights because... I'm moving to the burb. So at the end of June, she'll be taking over my Tuesday nights. Until then, you can catch her for the Thursday nights at 6.30. Um, And then Saturdays, 9 and 11, and for some wonderful Mommy and Me, 1 o'clock on Thursdays. And you can check out our website. And you heard Caprice's story, and you get a sense of how she teaches. And she's my co-teacher trainer. And I'm so excited because we've got some amazing things planned. We will be in um, Connecticut at the Breathing Room for a traveling teacher training that we have just spent months recording because a lot of it is actually online. (laughs) And then we'll be taking this teacher training to different locations and it will be two Long, I think four day weekends Mm -hmm. and you'll see us before you meet us because you'll have the videos. So we'll be in Connecticut. um, I believe it's November and December. We'll be doing our fall teacher training here at PYC starting in September. And then we're heading out to L.A., which is so exciting because I can't believe, woo yay for us. UIC um, takes the West UIC, Coast. UIC, we head West, um, January and February. And so our plan is that we'll do two or three traveling teacher trainees a year, as well as our fall and spring teacher training every year here in New York City. And so that's where you can find us. So thank you so much for listening and please take a moment, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, and rate us and review us, because that will just help get more people aware of who we are and share our message. So thank you so much, Caprice, for joining me. Thank you, Dad. And thanks for listening. Until next time, namaste. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>